This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. 710 ESPN. This is Lakers Talk with Alan Sleeve. Been a long time coming, it's the come up. I know this Lakers team, if they brought back the same squad, they can compete. But will be will they be the favorites to win it all? Probably not. Nobody covers the Lakers better than Alan Sliwa on Lakers Talk. I think it's fair to say that Lakers have another two-year window with LeBron and AD. But I'm not comfortable just coming back with the same roster. You know, riding on LeBron James and Anthony Davis back, it's doable. But what you got to have is, in my opinion, more talent. Your city, your station, your Lakers. Been a long time coming, it's the come up. Now, from the home of the 17-time world champs in downtown L.A., it's time for Lakers Talk. Here's Alan Sliwa. What is going on, Laker fans? Thank you very much for uh, tuning in. Go till 9 o'clock tonight, July 7th. NBA Finals still going on. Um, we got a lot of good Lakers talk. Is it just me, or it doesn't matter the time of the year, doesn't matter what's going on. There's always topics around the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, Brian Windhorst is going to come on a little bit later in the show. Obviously covers the NBA for ESPN. We'll get his thoughts on the NBA Finals and then what this Lakers offseason is going to look like. Um, I want to start off the show. You know, it's interesting because uh, we're going to have NBA free agency start August 2nd. So we're actually not that far away. You know, if you really actually think about it under four weeks away from the Lakers trying to figure out what's going to happen with some of these role players. I I say role players because um, at the end of the day, if you're not LeBron James or Anthony Davis, you got a role on this Lakers roster. You just do. There's no other, you know, no other way to put it. Um, The superstars are there and then it's how you kind of round up the rest of the roster. So I want to talk about three role players specifically and I want to describe Kind of the definition. What what's the definition of a role player in the NBA? Um, for the Lakers, it's a it's a little bit different right now. When when you're on a championship team, when you got a chance to win an NBA championship, these role players obviously are incredibly key. Usually, good role players are players that are maybe ten years, twelve years of experience. I'm just using this as an example of. That's not to say there aren't guys in the league four or five years and they understand their role. They know what they're playing for. Um, but the Lakers are the, the predicament that they're in is so much different than I think than a lot of these other teams. I'll tell you what I mean by that. So we know this. It was reported last week that Dennis Schroeder was looking for a contract, basically north of a hundred million dollars. Right? That's that's what Dennis Schroeder is going to be looking for in free agency. Um, was making about fifteen million per year. By the way, if the dude, you know, if if he makes that money or if the Lakers give him that money, it's your value is whatever the rest of the league thinks. Uh, if there's one team that thinks you're worth $100 million, then that's not technically your value. Uh, I would think that that number is really high, but what do I know? Uh, NBA teams that have salary cap or are in a position that they want to go grab a player like that, maybe they'll have that opportunity to do it. Andre Drummond is another player that I think is in an interesting position for the Lakers. We never really got to see what he can do for the Lake Show. Um 
for me, I was hoping for obviously a deeper playoff run so we could see, okay, is Andre Drummond something that makes sense? Does he fit really well with Anthony Davis? We basically didn't see that. And then, you know, earlier this week, we saw there was a, uh, an Instagram post that he was a part of. Basically, in a sense, I mean, if I read the, the Instagram post, very simple here, one, um, one of his uh, followers uh, put out there, I wish you could only dominate the paint like Lopez or Ayton. By the way, has a, it's funny that we're using Brooke Lopez, a part of this, and DeAndre Ayton as if that's uh, Kareem and Hakeem Olajuwon or something. Andre Drummond responded, tell y'all coach, play me more and I could. Um, so there's another person that's supposed to be you know part of this Lakers role player. So I just named off two guys, one that's trying to make $100 million plus, another one that puts in a post basically, hey, if you want me to have more production, tell the coach to play me more and I'll have more production. Um, he's coming off a year that he was making $28 million. I'm going to throw out one other player. Montrez Harrell's got a player option on his contract. He's hoping to get paid as well. He's on a two-year deal, $19 million. This second year is an option for him. So we'll see what kind of what the free agency market is for him. Um, the why, the reason why I try to kind of describe role players for the Lakers specifically, this is what I'm referring to. I, I know at the end of the day, 100%, this is all a business. So the Lakers are going to do what's in their best interest from a business perspective. And frankly, each one of these individual players should do it as well. Um, if Dennis Schroeder can go get paid this offseason, go get it. If Montrez Harrell, if he opts out of his contract and goes and gets a four-year, $60 million deal, go get it. You know, I... I, I I understand why they're doing it. When when I kind of describe role players, a lot of the times, and I'm going to go back to last season, um, Lakers role players from last year were further on in their career, right? They were kind of towards the end of their career or the back half of their career. They had already made the money that they were looking for. The Lakers predicament with a lot of these players who are going to be free agents, they're, they're in the middle of you know, they're 26, 27, 28 years old, even younger than that with Taylor Horn Tucker, who I know that one's a different uh, scenario. Alex Caruso is a different scenario too. These guys are, typically when you think of role players, you don't think of dropping $100 million for a role player, right? Typically when you think of role players, you don't think of somebody that on a post on Instagram is basically saying, hey, if you want my production higher, tell your coach to play me more. Typically, when you talk about role players, the idea and the concept is what? That those players, um, they are sacrificing for what's in the best interest of the team. It's an interesting dance for the front office because last season, Dwight Howard was chasing a ring. Rajan Rondo was chasing a ring and a contract. You know, I, I'm not saying that this is just merely off of we'll do whatever it takes. We're here to volunteer and we'll play for free. But guys, the 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 motivation at that stage of their career was chasing a ring. I don't know if Dennis Schroeder's number one priority is to chase a ring or is it to go get 100 million plus. By the way, if it's to go get 100 million plus, I get it. He should be. I mean, this at the end of the day, you got to make as much money as you possibly can. I know we all want to kind of have our hat on and our fandom and everything else, but the reality is when I say, listen, it, it is a business at the end of the day. I, I don't hold anything against these players going to try to make as much money as possible. But the way your roster is constructed um, for 
the position that the Lakers are in, and when I say it's kind of an interesting dance for the front office, Danny Green was chasing a ring. JaVale McGee was chasing a ring. They were all at the stage of their career where that was their top priority. That was their number one priority. Are some of the players that I just mentioned right now, the Dennis Schroeders, the Andre Drummonds, the Montrez Harrells, which, by the way, you can keep going down the list. I think Alex Caruso, um, that's an interesting play. This will be his first real opportunity to go make some money. Are, are all these, all those specific players that I talked about, is winning a championship for the Los Angeles Lakers their number one priority? Probably not, right? Probably there are other factors that are more important to them at this stage of their career. And if you're within the age of 25 to 30, uh, 28 or 25 to 30, and you're in this prime opportunity to make as much money as you possibly can at this stage of your career, it's not that it's the wrong approach to take, but I don't think winning is going to be the number one priority for some of those players. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, And if it's not the number one priority, then the front office has to surround themselves with those type of players that I think were more more similar to last season um, that I think, you know, kind of fit the mold of, okay, this is where the Lakers are right now. And it's about winning. Let me, let me give you guys a couple good examples. This, a couple of examples I could give from a Laker perspective, some more examples I could give from just other teams. We watch other teams win championships or fight for championships. When LeBron was in Cleveland, there are a lot of players chasing a championship. Um, the Lakers back in the Shaq and Kobe days, you'd get guys to come play for your team because they were chasing a championship. Maybe it's the Horace Grants of the world. Yes, Carl Malone, Gary Payton. I don't think those are the best examples because I think there's other players that were a part of this Lakers team where you know made more sense and they actually won a championship. I don't. I, I I'm not sure that the Lakers, the the players that the Lakers brought in this past season, I think that were they're incredibly talented. I thought they were younger than obviously some of these other veterans that we're talking about that were chasing that chip last season. But I don't know if that number one pri- – they weren't at a stage of their career where that's the number one priority. Anthony Davis, it doesn't matter. Anthony Davis can come to the Lakers. His number one priority could be a championship because he knows he's a superstar and he's going to get paid the maximum. Players like that don't have to worry about it. These other players, these kind of tiers that we start kind of describing some of these um, other players for the Lakers, it's, it's, a, it's an interesting dance. You know, Kuzma's on a contract now. KCP's on a contract now. So those guys kind of got their money. Um, And those contracts were more role player type of contracts. Both those players were basically three years, $40 million. Um, And Dennis Schroeder is going to be, we'll see what the market is for him. We already know four years, $84 million. I don't know what's going to happen to Andre Drummond, but Andre Drummond, you know, I I think in, in one post, I think can tell you a little bit of a story of, well, if you want me to produce more, have the coach put me in more. And, uh, and you know, if I just gave my opinion on a guy like Andre Drummond, I, I don't think Andre Drummond panned out. I mean, unfortunately, um, we never really got to see these pieces if they were all going to work because of injury. So it's kind of you, you walk into the offseason, do you think it worked? Are you not 100% sure it worked? It, it's fair to kind of uh, – it's fair to make a case on both sides because – you didn't get past six games in the playoffs. That's all you played was six games. You didn't really have high-intensity moments. You didn't have your full squad together, and it was mano a mano with the Phoenix Suns. That was never really the case. And when that was the case, Lakers were up two games to one in that series. So I think there's, I think there's some 
fair questions to ask. And when I put out this question, I'm going to put it out to Laker fans. Um, do the Lakers have the right role players? Do they have the right role players? I think that's a real question. And I don't think that's, you know, me stretching or I, I, I really, really don't have the answer for you, but I can, you know, give you my opinion on it. Do the Lakers have the right role players? Do you want to see a lot of the the same faces, the familiar faces returning next season? Um, and this isn't all going to be in the Lakers' hands to determine. This isn't all going to be, well, it's up to the Lakers. And if the Lakers want them back, they'll bring them back. No, it's that's not the case. If Montrez can can obviously opt out, opt out of his contract, Dennis Schroeder can go get paid a big-time uh, money by another team, maybe he decides, hey, you know what, L.A. isn't the place for me. So with all that being said, I want to throw out that throw that out there. Um, do the Lakers have the right role players? 877-710-ESPN. And some of these players that I kind of just referenced and I went through, I start comparing them to the role players from a year ago. And, you know, we could probably all sit here till we're, till we're blue in the face and try to make, well, I'd rather have this player. Or, you know what, uh, between... Andre Drummond or Dwight Howard. I'd rather have Dwight Howard. We can make those comparisons now because we're in the off seasons. Because uh, we're in the off season, and when NBA free agency starts in about a month or so, less than a month, this is obviously going to be the conversation how the Lakers round up the rest of their roster. And I know this will become more and more of a conversation as we get into the off season as well. So we'll get uh, get your thoughts on that when we come back. Eight seven 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 ten ESPN. Stay right here. This is Lakers Talk on seven ten ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. All right, so uh, game two of the NBA Finals tomorrow. So Bucks and the Phoenix Suns. A little bit later in the show, I'll talk a little bit more about the NBA Finals. We'll get a chance uh, to get into that. Um, so I, I threw out this question to Laker fans. You can also hit me on Twitter, at Alan Sliwa. You know, it, it, it's... It's an interesting time for the Lakers. You got your superstars. They're all set. But it's rounding up the rest of the roster that's going to be, you know, the question mark for the Lakers in the offseason. Um, do the Lakers have the right role players? 877-710-ESPN. So let, let, me, let me also say this. One of the things that um, is kind of difficult to figure out here, and I know I started saying it before we went to break, they may have the perfect pieces. Maybe all these pieces that Palenka put together, and and it was so easy during the season and during last year's offseason to say Dennis Schroeder for Danny Green and a you know in a pick, absolutely, that's exactly what the Lakers need. Bring him in here for them to bring in Marcus All, Montrez Harrell, and then Andre Drummond at the center spot they got in the buyout market. It was very easy to get excited about those moves that the Lakers made and say, okay, hey, I get the Dwight Howard, I get the JaVale McGee, they were fantastic last year, but look at this, you got the reigning sixth man of the year, you got um, uh, Andre Drummond, who you grabbed for under a million dollars in the buyout market, Marcus Gasol, who's a champion and a veteran, spread the floor. There are a lot of the moves Lakers made over the last, you know, from the offseason to the buyout market that you thought, 
These are perfect fits for the Lakers. Maybe not perfect, but it's going to work that these players will complement the superstars. But that's that's what I think is going to make this this offseason tough to figure out. We may not know because of the injuries if the Lakers had the right roster or they didn't. If they had the right role players or they didn't. Um, if if your squad was healthy, would the Lakers have won a champ? Let me let me let me put it this way. Let me kind of tie in the NBA Finals real quick. So here we are watching the Phoenix Suns. Phoenix is in the NBA Finals, and the path that the Suns had to get to, or the the path that the Suns had to take. If I'd have told you that each one of these teams were healthy and Phoenix was going to still get to the NBA Finals, it's a no-brainer. Yeah, Phoenix is the best team in the Western Conference. They got through the Lakers, no Anthony Davis, for the final two-and-a-half games. Series was over once Anthony Davis went down and he couldn't come back, tried to come back in Game 6 for, you know, tried to give it a go. Obviously, it wasn't going to happen. They got through Denver. There was no Jamal Murray. They actually swept Denver and if the Denver Nuggets have Jamal Murray, that's a great series, but I would still give Denver the edge, um, especially coming off the success that they had a year ago. Okay, Then they get past the Los Angeles Clippers. They don't have to face Kawhi Leonard the entire way. So when I say it's tough to assess the Phoenix Suns, it, when, when I say it's difficult to do it, it's because uh, – not, not tough to assess the Phoenix Suns. Tough to assess the Lakers. The Phoenix Suns had a path where they're in the NBA Finals – and when the Lakers had Anthony Davis and they were healthy, they were up two games to one. But you know what? This is part of the sport. This is part of the NBA. It happens. There's going to be times where your your squad and your team benefits, and there's other times where it will determine whether you're you're you know a first round exit or not. And that's you know the the position that the Lakers ended up falling in. The rest of these role players, the rest of these guys, as far as you know, the question of do the Lakers have the right role players? Matt, I'll tell you what, um, we're going to learn a lot about the Lakers this offseason. We're going to learn a lot about some of these players' priorities in the offseason. Uh, and and it's okay And when I say that. If, if Dennis Schroeder ends up signing somewhere else and it's $100 million or whatever the case is, obviously money was his number one priority. And I will not, you know, I, I will hold nothing against him for doing that. All these players have to do that. If Montrezl Harrell's in a similar position, but. Guys at an age of 25 to 28, these guys specifically with the Lakers, I don't know if winning is the top priority. I think it's an important priority, but getting your money and getting your contract sounds like uh, it's going to be a bigger priority for them this offseason where the Lakers last season when they went and grabbed some of these other players, um, winning was a bigger priority because they, they were later on in their career. Okay, another topic that I want to want to hit on here. And I'll read off some of your tweets here. I know we got a few tweets on this, so I'll get into it in just a second. Um, yesterday was the two-year anniversary for Anthony Davis with the Lakers. So AD's now been with the Lakers for two years. Um, you know, I, I was I was kind of trying to spend some time with this. So Travis and I did our show in the morning. We're on uh, 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. And we're doing the show in the morning, and you know, we're, we're trying to come up with some different topics and so forth, and... Um, you know, we find out, okay, it's been now two years. He officially signed with the Lakers. Anthony Davis officially signed with the Lakers. And I was thinking about my expectations for AD once that trade happened. Um, and then kind of watch the first two years unfold. And I'm talking about individually Anthony Davis, what he's been so far with the Lakers. I'm trying to think of myself. I'm like, all right, has AD been better than I expected? 
was he exactly what I expected or did I expect more? And, and I know this is kind of hard to comprehend, and I get it and I understand it because Laker fans have um, they have a uh, a mindset that's probably unrealistic. But really, when I kind of think about AD's first two years with the Lakers, let's let's break it down. So his first year with the Lakers, um, you know, obviously comes in. The expectations are super high. He, him, and LeBron James are supposed to be the the not just the best duo in the NBA, but you could say the best duo by far. They live up to the expectations. They go win an NBA championship. He gets into that playoff run, hits the big shot against Denver, but there were you know games and series where he absolutely dominated, dominated his positions on both sides of the floor. Got that NBA championship, and you could really never really say anything more about Anthony Davis. The reality is he's got a chip with the Los Angeles Lakers. Now, now the question becomes, okay, well, are you a player that just got a chip with the Lakers, um, or are in five, six years are we going to be talking about this legacy that you have with the Lake Show that will live forever. I'm not saying that that championship won't live forever, but let's kind of see how things play out over his career. Shaq was here for eight years. He won three championships. Uh, Pal Gasol has two uh, NBA championships under his belt. Of course, the conversation will never be of the of the Kobe's and the Magic. So that's those are different conversations. Uh, Kareem's, James Worthy, all all those are are different conversations. When I think of Anthony Davis this past season, um, first of all. You know, I, I I pay more attention to. I felt bad that the guy couldn't be on the floor more, but you use that either to support an argument for him or against him. And I think you know, in Anthony Davis's case, obviously that works against him. But when I look at Anthony Davis, the individual player, if I had to ask myself, is he better than you expected, exactly as you expected, or did you expect more? I kind of lean towards I expect more from expected more from Anthony Davis in his first two years with the Los Angeles Lakers. Is that crazy? Like, am I crazy to think that? Um, I know the result was one championship, and I'm not sitting here trying to say, you know, by no means am I trying to undermine the championship that the Lakers already have, and Anthony Davis was a big piece of getting. Um, But I always thought of AD when he was in New Orleans. I remember telling a buddy of mine when the trade went down, I'm like, do you understand how good Anthony Davis is. Do you understand that this dude can take over games at any times and absolutely dominate a game uh, from start to finish? And I, I think we all kind of get the concept of that and we understand it. But this second year, unfortunately for Anthony Davis, under some of the circumstances that you know really we're all kind of in, um, it didn't work out for the Lakers. And a lot of that had to do with injuries. But I think Anthony Davis... You you kind of, you have to equate the second year with the first year, right? Like you have to just I'm 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 gauging. Yesterday was the two year anniversary that Anthony Davis officially became a Los Angeles Laker, and if I look at those two years and I look at just Anthony Davis specifically, I'm expecting him to become a more dominating player with the Los Angeles Lakers as his career goes on, and I mean that from an individual perspective. From a team perspective, yes, you got to win. It's got to be done as a team. But from an individual perspective, I do expect more from Anthony Davis. I really do. And, and you know, what, what I'm referring to when I say that, and I know this is this kind of has the, maybe this is an unreasonable Lakers fan. Um, as his career grows, you expect him to be more dominating. You can be a made guy. 
in any other market after one championship. You're a made guy. There's nothing you have to accomplish. You win a championship in Phoenix? You win one championship in Phoenix? What are you talking about? The rest of your career, you're good to go. In Portland, you're good to go. You're in Sacramento, in New York. Um, I can name off 25 teams in the NBA. You win one. Win one. You're good to go. What's unique about Anthony Davis is he's still so young. And what Anthony Davis will always be compared to is other great Lakers that, you know, have won championships. So what what happens from here for Anthony Davis is are you a guy in the next five years has a real legacy with the Lakers, or did you win that one championship? It was with LeBron James. LeBron was the finals MVP. Um, I, I think that's what's going to be kind of fascinating about Anthony Davis's career with the Lakers as things progress, and that's not all on Anthony Davis's back. It's not. I've said this before. The most important piece in any NBA franchise or any franchise really in general is your ownership. The ownership dictates everything. If they put the right people in, a president of basketball operations who then goes out and hires the right scouts and the right coaches and the right assistants, and then you know from there everything kind of funnels down, um, it's on the organizations. But Anthony Davis individually, um, I I actually I can say this where I expected more from Anthony Davis over his first two years with the Lakers. I uh, I've done this and I've done this a couple times. I talked about more likely to win MVP. This is the first year, Anthony Davis or LeBron James, when the first year they started playing together. And I thought Anthony Davis, more likely to win MVP coming into this past season, the second year, both LeBron and Anthony Davis. I said Anthony Davis. I'm 0 for 2 on that uh, on that prediction, by the way. But that's how high I, I was putting Anthony Davis as far as a pedestal. So let, let's talk about that when we come back. Um I'll throw this out to Laker fans if you want to give your thoughts on this. Has AD been better than you expected over his first two years? Has he been exactly what you expected? Or did you expect more from Anthony Davis? AD, who, by the way, already has a championship under his belt, will be walking into his prime, obviously going to be with the Lakers for a long time. Unfortunately, just had these injuries this past season, um, hopefully with the with the extended time off that uh, obviously, we can move past that, and Anthony Davis doesn't have to worry about that anymore. Uh, your phone call is coming up next, 877-710-ESPN. Lake fans, you're driving around. Let's talk Lakers basketball. Stay right here. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. All right, so we're having the conversation about Anthony Davis. If So yesterday was the two-year anniversary that Anthony Davis officially signed with the Lakers. Two years in the books. Already an NBA championship, but your perspective of Anthony... When AD originally signed, has he met, has he met your expectations, surpassed your expectations... Or uh, has underachieved so far? 877-710-ESPN. I kind of lean more towards the underachieve. The dude is such a dominating player. He's so freaking good. 
that there are times where I remember even you know doing the pregame show with Michael and it would be coming off a bad game and Michael and I, you know, we just don't understand that. Michael, why doesn't he get to the free throw line more? Why isn't he in the paint more? Um, I, I do think if you do look at his stats, his stats for the first two years of the Lakers, last season definitely, uh, you know, his numbers were down. So uh, the, the year they won a championship, 26 points a game, last season just under 22. Rebounds a game from 9.3 to about 7.9. So that just kind of looks uh, from a rebounding perspective. Blocks down from 2.3 to 1.6. Okay, maybe this has a lot to do with AD just not being healthy. I get that part. But I'm also going to equate what Anthony Davis was able to do in that championship run for the Lakers. So it's I, I don't want to – I have to keep both of those in mind when you know I'm trying to kind of assess Anthony Davis so far. Let me read off a tweet. By the way, if you want to hit me on Twitter, at Alan Sliwa. Joshua one 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 seven says AD healthy is the most dominant power forward and center in the league. Just wait till he gets back next season. Joshua, I don't question that. I definitely don't question that. But being available is a big part of it. I I saw something earlier today, so I was kind of just looking at some different stories around the NBA. And Dennis Schroeder, who does. He does a, uh, I think he's got his own YouTube channel, so there's a lot of times, you know, he'll put out these videos. It's with his family, very intimate and so forth, and um, you kind of get a look into his life outside of Lakers. At least he was doing it during the season. So there's some video that Anthony Davis, Dennis Schroeder is practicing out the Lakers practice facility. Anthony Davis is coming in. They're just shooting it up for a quick second. You can tell they're catching up. And Anthony Davis just basically says, like, Kind of to the extent like he just needs time. And, you know, he's obviously talking about his injury, the groin injury that he had. I, I think the the time away will 100% be so advantageous to LeBron and Anthony Davis, especially Anthony Davis. I feel like he was never right all last season. Um, but I also kind of had the mindset when Anthony Davis came that this dude, you're going to talk about MVP you cannot have a conversation without uh, Anthony Davis's name in the MVP chatter. That has not been the case in the first two years, and, and it's not supposed to be. You know, when I say being most valuable player or being you know voted as one of the best players in the league, one of the things that hurts Anthony Davis is LeBron's on the team, and that's always going to be a conversation. But I thought AD would take more on his shoulders. He'd kind of start to take over the team in a sense because just LeBron's age, nothing more than that. Um, LeBron James was, you know, last season, his, the first year together, it was his 17th year, 18th year this past season, this upcoming season will be his 19th season. All right, let me take a a few calls on this. Uh, let's start off with Angelo in Bellflower. Angelo, appreciate you calling in. What's going on? Hey man, I'm doing good. How are you? Doing okay. What, 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 how, how would you kind of assess AD? So two years in, has he, has he met, met your expectations, surpassed them or, um, has he not filled those expectations? To me, not so much. He, he has not uh, fulfilled the expectations um, as it relates. And, and I'm looking at this, you know, pretty much objectively. And I think far too many people look at AD as though as he would be any other star subjectively because he's a Laker as opposed as to an NBA upper echelon player. Mm-hmm. So what I mean by that is that 
when you have a guy who's supposed to be all-star status, or if not superstar status, as everybody proposes, and I'm not saying that he, he's not, but as everybody proposes, you know, one of the biggest things that you just mentioned is that you just need to be able to show up for work, mm-hmm. right? And that's something that's just been in question far too many times. And when he is healthy, and let's just say uh, LeBron James is out, does he actually take over games on a consistent basis, a la a KD or someone like that? Sure. So that's the comparative. And and when when you're looking at that, you're talking about somebody who's supposed to be MVP potential and all that kind of stuff. To me, if you're going to you know use that language, look at the comparative. Look at the guys who are showing up on a consistent basis. Joel Embiid, night in, night Joel out. Embiid, Jokic, uh, Steph Curry, Dame, sure. Sure. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. What's uh, your boy, uh, what's his name up there in Golden State? These are guys who are consistently there. Mm-hmm. And when LeBron is playing, how well does he get lost in the shadow of, of the scheme of what's going on uh, during the course of the entirety of the game, not just in quarters, in the entirety of the game? You know, uh, if you want to be a seven-footer and shoot three-point shots, fine. But just be consistent, like again, KD, uh, or or some of the other guys that are out there, you know, at Dallas and stuff, or Jokic, like you said, just be consistent. But you know, like again, not trying to be subjective about it because just because he's on the Lakers, looking at things objectively, my point of view, my stance is, you know, there's there's definitely a lack of consistency. There's uh, a consistency rather, and then also. Um, um, you know, are you showing up for work? Are you doing the things that you put into your game Angela, that makes you so special that's also, you know, causing you to become injured more often? That's all. Pre- appreciate you calling in, Angelo. I want to I want to comment on that. And then, uh, as you can imagine, a lot of Laker fans want to chime in on this, uh, this topic as well. Let me tell you why I like the topic. I like the topic, and Angelo, you brought up a lot of good points, and a lot of them I think you and I share similar points. I I really, really try to go out of my way to take the Laker hat off at times, right? Like, it, I might be joking around sometimes and Clippers will be playing the Suns and I say Suns Nation. Okay, I, I know that. But during conversations like this, I like this topic because the dude just, he, he has, he was a critical, critical, critical foundational piece to an NBA championship that the Lakers won was championship number 17. And the reason why this is a good topic is because it's not a guaranteed lock that, oh, well, that's good enough. Okay, well, then he's good to go. When you say that you're looking at it objectively because you know that a lot of times you know, you're know you a Los Angeles Laker and all of a sudden things become more unrealistic. No, no, I think it's realistic to say Anthony Davis should be in the conversation for MVP. I don't think that's unrealistic. That's how good Anthony Davis is. What would be unrealistic is if I said, you know what, I think Kyle Kuzma is the third best player on this team and uh, no question about it, he's a key piece and you could count on... No, that would be me being a Laker fan or just not looking at it objectively, really wanting to see Kyle Kuzma have success. But the Anthony Davis part of it, that's a different conversation. Um, AD won a championship with the Lakers, and I'm sitting here saying that I don't think he's filled. My expectations coming in to be two years in, I don't think he's filled those expectations. 
that just kind of shows you how great, how high of a pedestal we put Anthony Davis on. That just shows you that my expectation for Anthony Davis and probably most Laker fans' expectation, I, I said this, I was 0 for 2 in calling out. Um, I, I've done this you know, with Laker fans. We do the show, obviously, weekly. I do the pre, do the post. So I'm, I'm talking. There's a lot of conversation about the Lakers and interaction with Laker fans. I've thrown out that question before. Anthony Davis or LeBron James? Who do you expect to be, uh, who's more likely to win MVP? I've brought up that camp conversation two years in a row. Both times I picked AD, I was way off two years in a row. And that just kind of shows you, like I said, where I put Anthony Davis. He's 28 years old. He's walking into his prime. LeBron should be going the other way, really, which he really hasn't, um, at least his effectiveness on the court. Um, okay, I got to go to break. But I know we have a ton of callers that want to weigh in on this. So when we come back... I will strictly take Laker fans, uh, get your uh, calls on this Anthony Davis topic. Appreciate you guys being a part of the show. Phone number is 877-710-ESPN. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. All right, game two of the NBA Finals you could hear tomorrow right here on 710 ESPN. Quick reminder, we'll go till 9 o'clock tonight. Uh, top NBA stories. I'm going to talk a lot about the NBA Finals coming up at 8 o'clock. Brian Windhorst coming on at 8.15. Um, that's going to be a great conversation because we'll hit on the Lakers and we'll also hit on, you know, obviously what's going on in the NBA. Adam Silver started to address um, just this season in the NBA. So we, we got a lot of stuff that we're going to get into as the show progresses. But I, I want to spend some time talking to Laker fans on this topic about Anthony Davis of whether he's surpassed your expectations, whether he's done exactly what you thought he was going to do, or do you think Anthony Davis so far in his first two years, yesterday was the anniversary of Anthony Davis officially becoming a Laker, um, or do you think he's underperformed in those two years? Isn't that crazy to even have that conversation? And here I am trying to tell Laker fans out there that, no, I expected more from him. Uh, the dude already has a championship under his belt. He's 28 years old. Um, but that's that's the high praise that I give a dude like Anthony Davis. You just expect a lot from him. Let's go to another call. Let's go to Jake in La Crescenta. Jake, thank you for calling in. What's going on, Jake? Hey, Slee, uh, thank you so much for taking the call. I just want to say I love your show. Your show, I watch it for work, after work, and anything in between. Great show. Thank you, man. Appreciate um, it. In regards to, of course, of course, in regards to Anthony Davis, I think he meets the expectation for most fans uh, by just winning a championship. But as a Laker fan, he needs to get it right in terms of, like, conditioning. Uh, like Magic said, like, in an interview, I forgot what, what it was. Mm-hmm that he needs to get it right in her uh, training, physical therapy, so that he will not be prone to injuries. I think that's my expectation for him is to work hard during the summer, get it right, get in shape uh, for 82 long season, and win another one. So uh, that's my expectation for Anthony Davis All right, and Jay, the Lakers. Appreciate you calling in. So, you know, I, I, I find it kind of interesting because, okay, so AD played 36 games this year. 
Um, last year, in his first year with the Lakers, it was reduced to 72. What did they play? 70 games, I think. Somewhere around there. He played 62 of the games. Um, by the way, you know, for those who talk about Anthony Davis, injury prone, so forth, he's definitely had games where he's playing 75 games. Um, I know he's got most the rest of his career in the 60s, some of it 68. This is out of 82 games. So probably a lot of this conversation too, if if we're having, you know, conversations about Anthony Davis, can you play 72 plus games in a year in that regular season? I don't have an answer for you on that. And next season, when we actually finally get back to 82 games, we'll find out what that looks like. Uh, but I'm really just talking about the first two years. I'm not really looking past that. I'm just looking at the first two years so far. Let's go to Joe in Garden Grove. Joe, what, what's your thoughts? Has AD met those expectations in his first two years as a Los Angeles Laker, or did you have higher expectations? Uh, Joe is on line six there, Steve. Go ahead, Joe. You're on, buddy. Yeah. Can you hear me now? Yes, sir. Yep. <laughs> uh, as being a Lakers season ticket holder for 15-plus years, you know, you know, we've seen – big men in the past and currently that just can't stay healthy and that's kind of what's going on with Anthony Davis he's a freak of nature he's so athletic and so talented that you know when we signed him I was afraid of this that he would not play full seasons or even half seasons and going forward we have to hope that he can stay healthy but it's hard to say that when a guy helped us win a title in his first year that he hasn't lived up to expectations but you know we would have expected more this year, and if he was healthy in these playoffs, I think it'd be us in the finals playing, you know, against Milwaukee. Joe, appreciate you calling in. And I don't listen. I I was one of maybe there was a lot of people doing. I I'm not one to. I, I was getting pretty ticked off when people were going at Anthony Davis when he was injured, and I hated that AD was trying to play in Game Six. I felt bad for him that he was trying to give it a go. I almost felt like, this is just my own personal perspective, is this dude feeling the heat and the pressure of people running their mouth about Anthony Davis and he's not on the floor enough and um, Charles Barkley calling him street clothes as a nickname? I hated that. So um, I, I, I'm never going to be one that tries to question or determine somebody's pain threshold because I have no freaking idea what they look like. And here's a perfect example. Game six, when he tried to play against the Suns, were you not grimacing every time he took every step trying to go up and down the floor for the first few minutes? Everybody kind of knew, like, get this dude off the floor. He, he can't go. He shouldn't be on the court. Um, and I, I can't, you know, I think that's a perfect way that Joe put it towards the end there. He said that how can you, you know, from an expectation, did somebody live up to expectations and they ended up winning a championship? How did they not live up to expectations, but they won a championship? It's it's kind of funny that he put it that way because I asked myself that same question, but I, I'm also going to be honest. No, I, I thought AD, we'd get more from Anthony Davis over those first two years. I thought we'd get more. I thought Anthony Davis would be in the conversation as, hey, this is a top three, top five player at the worst in the NBA and, you know, this past season, that wasn't the case. And yes, the injuries are a big part of it. No question about it. They are a, a big part of it. Um, but it's also kind of the expectations that we set on it. Okay, let me take a couple more here. Let's go to Jeremy in Thousand Oaks. Jeremy, what's going on? Hey there. Um, I'm a little conflicted on that. My statement, uh, I think that he Obviously, in the first season, did great things for us, but he's been inconsistent both years in terms of his play, and that's what 
I think the greats are able to do is be consistent mm-hmm. day in, day out, night in, night out, show up to work, and um, and be a reliable um, option. And I think he hasn't done that. But I also think that the Lakers aren't utilizing him in the spot that he expressed early on that he wanted to play, and that was the four. And I think he is brittle, and so and maybe he knows that, and he, that's why he, he felt like playing the five would be risky for him from his body's perspective. You know, it's funny, Jeremy. It's so interesting, and I appreciate you calling in. It, it's uh, it, it's it, it's kind of let, let's use it for Anthony Davis individually. Okay, AD wants to play the four, and there's some reasons why. By the way, Lakers last year. You had Dwight and JaVale that were able to fill up the five slot. And then when you needed AD to go five, they put him there. There's going to be times they need him to play the five. And, you know, what's in the best interest of the team? And that's, that's at the end of the day, what's in the best interest of the team is AD plays the five. This year, that's one of the main reasons why it was kind of a draw to bring Andre Drummond over. Well, Drummond's going to play the five, or Marcus Gasol's going to play the five, or Montrez is going to play the five, even though they never really used Montrez and AD together. Um, they have they're they're accommodating to Anthony Davis. It's not like they're not accommodating to what he prefers and what he wants. Um, I feel like the Lakers have done that, and I think they'll continue to do that. If LeBron is looking for something specific, they'll try to find a way to accommodate. It. If Anthony Davis is looking for something specific, they'll try to find a way to accommodate it. Only a few players can have those type of power, and of course, that's LeBron and Anthony Davis. All right, uh, Anthony and Whittier. Anthony, you're on uh, Lakers talk. What's going on, Anthony? Hey, what's going on, Sleep? My bad about earlier. Um, but I just want to say, like, I want to say the first year he met expectations. As far as the second year, you know, I don't think he came into the the, the season ready physically, you know, as far as mentally either. Um, you know, he is a little brittle as far as what that guy said, the last caller. Um, I agree with that about him wanting to play the four just because of him, um, you know, all the, the physicality you know, down there in the pain if he played the five. Um, but I just don't think that this year he came into the, the, the season, you know, with the mindset of uh, as he did the first year when he came. Um, you know, I, going forward next year, I think, you know, he'll he'll ball out and, you know, he'll have a lot to prove. So Thank you for calling in. Thanks, Anthony. Appreciate it. Um, you know, I, I, I had this on my rundown, and I was trying to think, okay, how, how can I – kind of weave this into the show. And this, this is actually a perfect example of it. Um, Lakers got a free pass this year. They really did. Like, if, if you really think about it, and there, there are fair reasons why the Lakers got a free pass. They just won a championship. They had the short offseason. Anthony Davis got injured. LeBron's freak injury with a play on Solomon Hill on a loose ball. Um, Lakers, you know, I, I think... It's not very often that you're expected to win an NBA championship. You don't, and you're in L.A., and Laker fans are like, okay, we get it. You know, we understand it. The The part about next season coming up and, like, moving forward, what those expectations are going to be and what some of the pressure is going to be on Anthony Davis and some of these other players, um, I think that free pass will, will be gone by the time we get into next season because – you're now getting exactly what you needed. Didn't it seem like every game that the Lakers played uh, this past season, you were like, man, this team, they just need time. They need health. How many times did we say this? I got so sick of saying this. Just be healthy for the playoffs. Just be healthy for the playoffs. It never happened. And even by the time they got to the playoffs, they were almost forcing it. Like they were trying to force the team, like, no, 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 we're going to 
we'll figure it out. We're just going to be healthy. Well, you can't just force it. You either have the time to get healthy or you don't. And Lakers, Lakers never had it. That free pass that the Lakers had, um, it, it was fair. It was, it was. We understood why the Lakers couldn't make it happen this past year. But this next year coming up, that's why I, you know I kind of started off the show about the role players, and I started off the show talking about what certain role players are. These the right role players. Are they try? Is the number one priority to win right now? Or are they trying to cash in, get their contracts? I, I think some players. You know, over the course of their career, there's certain times is you got to cash in, and I feel like the, a lot of the role players the Lakers have right now are cash in type of guys. Dennis Schroeder's trying to cash in. Montrez Harrell wants a long term deal where he can cash in. He'd have to opt out of this Lakers contract. If I'm Alex Caruso, I got a championship under my belt. I came out of nowhere. I've gone from the bottom all the way to the top. I'm gonna try to cash in. And I think there are certain role players that you wonder what. Okay, what what is their number one priority? So. There was a lot that happened in this in this past year that I think the Lakers will take a free pass on, or at least fans will give them you know a free pass. You understand why the Lakers didn't win this year, but next season I I have a feeling it's going to be a much different conversation, and obviously Anthony Davis is going to play a big role uh, a big part of that. I'm going to take one more quick phone call here uh, before I get into my top NBA stories. Let's go to Coach in Pasadena. Coach, thank you for calling in. What's going on? Hey, not much, uh, Al. Thank you for taking my call. You got it. I don't believe uh, AD has reached his uh, potential and expectations. I won't even go into the injury thing. I'm just saying as a Laker, there is a certain expectation in terms of being the guy. Yes, Brown is the guy, but they brought AD in really to be the guy after Brown. Mm-hmm. And he should have been the guy this year. Again, I'm not going to go into injuries, but – even the games he played in, I don't believe he reached his potential as the guy, leadership wise, dominating wise, just consistency being total package mm-hmm. in terms of being a Los Angeles Laker. Mm-hmm. And uh, thank you for taking my call. Appreciate it, Coach. Coach, one thing I was I was mentioning there: consistency too. You guys remember Game One of uh, Lakers' loss to the Phoenix Suns? Game One. He had an awful game, awful game. I, I remember saying that he had nine free throw attempts in that game, the playing tournament against the Golden State Warriors, and then game one. And it was like, where the hell is Anthony Davis? If AD doesn't pick things up, how the hell are the Lakers are going to even make a remote chance of winning it? And he got a lot of heat. He came back games two and three, completely dominated, but there was some inconsistency with his play. When we come back, we got our top NBA stories. Appreciate all the Laker fans that uh, you know called in. Um, always appreciate that. Top NBA stories coming up next. We got to talk about the NBA Finals. Are you watching the NBA Finals? If you're a Laker fan out there, who are you rooting for? Do you care? You're going for the Bucks. You're going for the Phoenix Suns. Adam Silver had a lot of comments about uh, this past season, the injuries, all that stuff, so we'll get a chance to play some of that sound. Uh, thank you for tuning in. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN.